Cool, cool, cool. All right, we ready? Always. Are you sure? Put your lightsaber away. Hey, welcome back to Sauce Dump Beer Bourbon Barbecue. I'm your host, Kevin, joined here by my co-host, Alex. Hey, everybody. And tonight is a special night for Sauce Dump Beer Bourbon Barbecue. It's our first question and answer night. Um, a few weeks ago, sent out a tweet. No, did not send out a tweet. We don't tweet. We don't tweet here. Sent out an Instagram picture. We only eat things that tweet here. That is true. Um Posted a picture on Instagram and in my stories asking for questions from our listeners that they may have for us. Um, and it was it's a lot of fun. It's fun seeing all these questions that you all came up with. Um, I think depending on how tonight goes, hopefully this will not be the first installment of the question and answer with getting sauced. Well, it's definitely the first. I think you mean only installment. Yes, I guess that's what I mean. I mean, they were good questions. They were. They were really good questions. I don't know what would stop us from doing it again, unless we just totally dropped the ball in answering them. Someone not sending us questions? Maybe. So send us your questions. <laughs> um, because you, the listener, make this interesting. And we'll attempt to answer them for you. Because at this point, neither Kevin or I find each other interesting. We've been doing this for too long. We've known each other too long. We know everything about each other. Please send us your questions. You should really get that mole on your back checked out. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) While we were doing those questions, um, Alex, what do you have in front of you? I have the most adorable-looking whiskey glass I've ever seen in my entire life. This is, what you said, a, a distiller's glass? Yes. It's a mini Glencairn. It's the glass you get if you go on the Heaven Hill tour. Yeah, that's what it says here on the glass. It's like, I have my Glencairn. It's like half the size. It's so small. Like, I'm going to get a pair of these for my daughter for her little pretend kitchen downstairs. <laughs> I should get plastic ones. So they she will not start. have real whiskey in them. I'll wait until she's at least eight. You can go with a liqueur. That way it's a little bit lower proof. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> A cognac. <laughs> um, do want to give a shout out to uh, Daniel who gave me these glasses, um, some awesome wheel glasses as well. Um, so shout out to Daniel. Thank you very much. Um, so in your tiny little distiller glasses is what whiskey. Correct. What type of whiskey? Bourbon whiskey. Oh, my goodness. That was literally the answer to that question. It was. I think the answer you're looking for, though, what is... What company produced the bourbon whiskey that is in your glasses? <laughs> Woodford Reserve Distillery. I think you're taking this Q&A thing a little too literally, my friend. I don't know what you want from me. So... You have too good of a teacher voice when you ask those questions. I felt compelled to answer correctly. I was one of those kids that sat in the front. Except you didn't answer I did. correctly. This, the type of this whiskey is bourbon whiskey. Oh, my God. This is the type. All right. So it is a complete lineup of all of Woodford's bourbons. Um, We have the regular Woodford. We have the double oaked. And then I was cleaning out my bourbon shelf, and I found a sample that I have of the double-double oaked. Um, Unfortunately, I 
don't remember who sent it. Ah, shout out to you then. But shout out to you. Thanks for sending it. I apologize for forgetting about it. Um, it just it was just hanging out in the back, um, and I've had it for a while. But uh, I'm excited to see what your thoughts on them are, Alex. I'm too. Unfortunately, I don't know which one it is. Yes, because it's all blind. So, would you like to start on one of your whiskeys, or do you want to start with a question? So, we're we're just gonna do these both at the same time. I like that. So let let me let me get started on one. Okay. So I'm gonna decide which one I want to go with first. So, so you have the Cooper's Craft, Glencairn. Mm-hmm. You have the Heaven Hill Glencairn. And then you have the Heaven Hill Glencairn with a piece of yellow tape on it. Yes. Which one are you going to go with first? So let me let me talk about how they look first. Um, because I've, I've always enjoyed how the Double Oaked, which... So I've had Woodford and I've had Double Oak before. It's been a while since I've had both. Never had the Double Double Oak before. Um, so those are some preconceptions coming into this. I always liked how the Double Oaked look, looked a bit darker um, than the regular Woodford. I just enjoy the color of it. So looking at these... And the Double Oak, or the double oak is like a dessert. Yes. It's very desserty, and that's what I found of other Double Oaked offerings from other distilleries is that it seems to add a lot of the sweetness um, that you usually get in bourbon. That extra time in the barrel really adds those sugars and caramel color right because it's usually a new bur- a new barrel right mm-hmm. yeah that they put that in it's funny how much it adds because it's usually not in that second barrel long right no. not compared to the original correct um aging correct so but all that being said um there's not a huge huge difference in the colors between these i'm looking at the two baby Cairns. so this one's Slight difference. Yellow Glencairn is the lightest of the three. And um, Big Boy Glencairn's the darkest. So just based on that, I'm going to do an, uh, an initial guess of yellow is Woodford, small is double oaked, and then big is double double oaked. So I'm going to start with what I think is regular Woodford. Question while I try this? Yeah, we'll go with a question. So... We have a question here from Davin at the Restillery. And it's a really good question, Davin. I really appreciate it. Um, the picture I posted had a microphone in it. Um, and Davin said, is that my microphone or is that yours, Alex? This is an easy one. Um, that is your microphone. Yes, that is my microphone. Did I get that one right? You did get that one right. Um, I think that's the only one that is a yes or no answer. Yes, that is Kevin's microphone. Um, Davin, you should definitely get a microphone. You should definitely start your podcast. Um, yeah. I think that's all I have to say on that. I don't know. He was wanting to start one. He is. It's going to be a legal podcast because he's a lawyer. Um, and it's going to take court cases and put them into what I told him as stupid people terms. <laughs> So I can understand what in the world he's talking about. And he's going to find good court cases um, and talk about them. So I'm very excited about it. That sounds it. really interesting. Yes. Tales from the Colonel. No, I don't think that's the name of it. But it could be. It could be. Um, but thanks for your question, Davin. What do you think over there? So I'm trying what I believe to be the regular Woodford. Um, 
and the little baby glass. This really, I mean, the Glencairn is supposed to concentrate the fumes to make the aromas real strong. The smaller Glencairn does that like twice as much. Um, and, and I'm liking that. I'm surprised that I'm not getting much alcohol off of it. Um, which doesn't help me a lot in my guess because not even just the regular Woodford, which I believe is the youngest of the bunch, it's it's well aged. How old is that? Around six years. I have that in my head. Four to six. They're all non age stated, um, right? So they don't say. Um, it's probably around. I there. would say yeah. I would say obviously we know it's a little bit over four years because it's a Kentucky straight whiskey. Um, so I think that just means over that means two. four years. I think straight is two, and bottled and bond is four. I think you're right there. Cool. But yeah, I think it's over four years. I mean, I think it's over five years too. I mean, it's not young. Now, the other thing is they're all the same proof. So yes. that's not going to help me either. They're all 90.4. Um, it doesn't taste as rich as I would expect the others to, as much as I remember the double oak being, which still pushes me further to regular Woodford. It does have those great characteristics of Woodford, which I love, of Woodford's bourbon, which even of the regular Woodford is still very desserty. Um, the brown sugar, the caramel. Uh, it's always got a good oak taste. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. smell you get in their rickhouse is the same smell they're able to capture in their bourbon. Yeah, and I think that's what I'm getting a lot of in this one, um, which again makes me think it's younger because mm-hmm. I've associated more woody, oaky flavors with younger in the past. I know that's not necessarily true because they're all different, but that's that's just me. Um, it's really good. I've always liked Woodford. Yeah. It's been too long. It has been. It's been too long, old friend. Would you like another question? Let's. So my bourbon journey, Scott Page, uh, he said, what is your favorite bourbon to pair with your favorite cut of meat? I know I've said this before. I've not had good experiences pairing bourbon with food, period. I've not tried to do a specific bourbon with meat pairing. Um, Maybe just a more intentional side-by-side would be different. I have enjoyed scotch with food, though. Kind of like I've, I've said before, with beer... I don't like IPAs as much on their own, but I love them with food. And I found that to kind of be the same with bourbon and scotch for me. I don't like scotch so much on its own, but when I'm eating, I like it. Um, or if I'm smoking a cigar. I don't like scotch. I know. We know, we know you don't like scotch. Um, we need scotch guy to call in and harass you for that. Oh, just give him a little bit of time. <laughs> He'll call it. He'll just know. Um, bourbon I've always enjoyed much more after I'm done eating. And we're sitting around, you know, chatting afterwards. Um, but maybe I can speculate just based on flavor profiles. Now I'm going to have to do this. This is going to have to be another episode. Um, but did he say what kind of meat? Can you read the question again specifically? He just said favorite bourbon to pair with your favorite meat. My favorite meat. Well, I just made a good steak, so I'm going to go with the steak. Um, which is richer... As meats go, a little sweeter, a lot fattier. Any uh, cut? Let's go with the New York strip. Okay. Um, what would I want to pair with that? What would balance that? I think a buffalo. 
a wild turkey. Something. What about this flavor do you think would pair well? I mean, I think a wild turkey, like a 101, it's got heat to stand out from it, that it's not going to take away from your meat. Um, depending on what you have as a side dish for it as well. Um, buffalo, I feel like it's just, it's good overall. It's a nice solid pour. Mm -hmm. So you can't go wrong with that. I'm trying to think of something a little atypical like Basil Hayden's, which has some different, more florally notes. I know, I know. But there's reason for it. I don't just say it to bug you, but it is funny. That it so I just you. rolled my eyes at you. <laughs> um, but some of those more florally notes to kind of add add something to go with the meat. Okay. Maybe something like that. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to test that one out. That's a good question. We get that a lot, and I think we're gonna really start hitting that when you start making the big bucks over there and you can buy a steak. Yes. <laughs> um, I think for me, Scott, um, my perfect pair would be a slab of ribs and a rye whiskey. Hmm. Um, a lot of sauce on your ribs? No, I think very dry. Okay. Uh, I think that makes a, a difference. Dry rub. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think a rye such as a Pikesville or the Old Forester rye would be really good with that. But like you said, Alex, I'm not a big fan of eating a dinner with a bourbon. I'd rather have my bourbon before dinner or after dinner. Um, but I don't think I, I don't, I'm not just, I can't do bourbon while I'm eating. It's always been too hot mm -hmm. like it just sets your mouth to a different level and i always end up not really being able to taste the food yeah and then when i come back to the bourbon it just kind of burns again because my palate's thrown off again by the flavors of the food that's just been my experience i'm curious what you guys think though and i think the thing too is i enjoy my bourbon neat mm -hmm. um and i want to enjoy all those flavors in it so Having the food with it, I think, takes away something of it. But I, I'm interested. I think that's a great question, Scott, that we need to dive definitely a lot more into um, and kind of go with that. Maybe if we were to start talking cocktails, that might make a difference. Yeah, know? I think that'd be... Like maybe an old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. I mean, that changes the game entirely. So you've moved on to your second baby, Glenn Karen. Mm-hmm. A little bit darker. A little bit darker. Um, just smelted so far. And there's a lot more character to the aroma, I feel like, in this one. Let me, I saved some of the first ones. So let me go back to it. And, huh. I'm, so, really, I'm really happy you're doing this rather than me. <laughs> Why? Because I always get so nervous when we do blinds. So I, I never can enjoy it. Yeah. No, this, this is interesting. So this is changing my thoughts a lot. So the second one. So like I said, the first one I thought was the regular Woodford. But comparing the two, the first one with the yellow label smells a lot sweeter than the second one here does. Um, I feel like I'm getting a lot more oak on the second one off the nose. Uh, more corn. 
maybe we. I don't remember what the mash bill is for these, um, but I I feel like I'm smelling the mash bill, if that's a good way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they have a very high corn, high rye. Maybe that's some of the spice bill. I'm getting from the rye. Almost, almost some orange in there. Maybe that's the rye. Huh. A little more alcohol See, I'm surprised because it, I thought this was a little darker, so I expected it to be the double oaked, so I expected it to smell a lot sweeter, and it's not, so I'm wondering if I was wrong and I need to flip-flop my answer. But I, I can come back to that, right? Yeah, you can make a change. Um, you can flip-flop if you want. Cool. All right. We'll just make the rules up as we go. Let's try this. I'm right, smelling it again. It's, it's still got that sweetness. Ah, I don't know. This is, this is tough. I know which one I just had, and I really liked it. Okay, this one's sitting on my tongue. It's a lot thicker. I mean, as bourbons go. It's a lot more buttery in texture and flavor. Um, So richer. Same profile, uh, but richer. So... And again, smelling it, it's still got that sweetness. So I wonder if I just didn't get a good enough whiff of the first one the first time. And I know that's just going to change as I keep smelling it more, so that's tough. So I'd, I I think I'm still leaning toward my first thought, which is the first one I tried is regular Woodford, and what I just had is double oaked. Okay. So I'm going to save the rest of this and come back to it. So our next question is from The Rusty Saloon, which is Nick Bolt. Um, shout out to Nick Bolt. Check out his podcast, The Rusty Saloon. Um, Nick wants to know, out of all the whiskeys we've tried, what was your all-time favorite? All-time favorite? All-time favorite. Anything I think we I, tried? Anything we tried. I think I have an answer for you. Oh, I, I know mine. Um, we talked about this not too terribly long ago, and it hasn't changed since then, is Eagle Rare 17. I would have bet money on that, my friend. Still my favorite. Like flavor and... Prestige, for lack of a better word. Um, man, I want some more now. I, I want mean, some more regular Eagle Rare. I've got my empty bottle sitting right up there taunting me. This is a tough one for me. You've I, had a lot more I've had a than lot I have. of really good bourbon. And, I mean, I had to sit down and kind of just look through my Instagram to see, like, what, what stood out to me. Um... And it was really tough. I mean, it was really tough. I had to really do some soul searching on this one. <laughs> no, I mean, it wasn't, it was crazy, but it wasn't anything that crazy. Um, I think for me, my favorite whiskey I've had um, of all time would probably be, uh, I think it's, Elmer Teeley. Mm. It was so good. Um, do you still have some of that? I do. Um, I need more. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that was probably one of my, my favorites of all time. That, I mean, like, I could do caveats kind of of those. Um, we could be here all night talking about caveats. I know, because, like, I could say, like, that was my favorite. 
He said all-time favorite. Okay, fine. Just leave it. All-time favorite, yes. I think that was my all-time favorite. It's a great choice. Followed closely by uh, E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof. Ooh. That one was really good. Hmm. I got that one uh, with Nate. He brought some of that up to St. Louis. All right, you've moved on to your final one. So this is where I'm wishing I had three of the same kind of glass. I feel like I'm losing a lot on the nose just because it's a bigger glass with a wider top compared to the other two. I don't feel like I'm getting as much. And so it's hard to say, like, this isn't a fair comparison, but I'm almost getting less of the sweetness, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I feel like in the last little bit, I'm almost getting a little bit of light herbaliness. Okay. Like almost, almost tea. I hesitate to say that because I know it's so atypical for this, but I've also not ever had the double double oak. So maybe it's got flavor profiles in there that are a little bit different. Which is what I think this one is, just process of elimination, but. Before you make your final ranking, I, I do have a little bit. I mean, you do have a little bit left in each of them. Save a little bit, because I want back. you to go back through. I'll go back. And really dive into it. I mean, it's still sweet. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's still Woodford. Hmm. All right, let's try it. If I didn't know they were the same proof, I'd have said that one was the hottest one. Okay. Which is interesting, especially since it's the third one I've had. Mm-hmm. So my mouth should be acclimated to the heat by now. Well, there's no change in heat. Right. But it could still be more used to it. Yeah. To, for, for it to feel hotter is kind of surprising. Um, what I did notice, though, is it, I felt it on the tip of my tongue way more than the others. Like It's like it was trying to burn my tongue off from the tip and going back, which is where all those sweetness indicators are. Which makes me think it's a lot sweeter. And it, it tasted sweet, but I, I just noticed that as being different. Definitely buttery, like the second sample. Which makes me feel good that the second and third samples are both of the double oaked, and the first one is regular. But I'm not so sure I'm landing with double double oaked on this one. It's hard to say, but... I'll let you mold over. I've got another question here. I've got more thoughts. We can come back to it. (sighs) I mean, I was going to save this question, but I think I'll just get it out in the open. Um, On a Night Hike, who does our intro and outro music for us, shout out to them. Um, If you haven't checked out their new album, uh, Blood Moon. Singles. Singles. They're all singles. Well, there'll be an album at some point in time. Probably. I mean, I don't know how that works in the music world. If you have a whole bunch of singles, wouldn't that just be an album? If you package them together. Okay, check out their singles. Um, check them out on Spotify. Um, they're really good. They're really I, mean, good. I really, really enjoy them. Uh, but On a Night Hike asks, what is your favorite scotch? <laughs> I can answer this one easily. None. <laughs> if I had to pick one, I would say none. And then if you put a gun next to my head, I would say uh, the Balvenny rum cast. That was a good one. I was, thinking that one. I was thinking you'd say that one if you had to say one. 
I would pick maybe that one or um, I know I'm saying this wrong, but Glen Morange, Glen Morange, Glen right. Morangi. They have uh, I don't remember what kind of cask or barrel it's finished in. I want to say some sort of Caribbean thing, maybe. Maybe Caribbean rum. Is that what you just said? That is what I just said. So it's something like that. But that one was my favorite. We don't drink a ton of scotch. And when we do, it has to be barreled in a uh, rum And something barrel. else. <laughs> so that it doesn't taste like scotch. Exactly. <laughs> but those were both very good ones. This episode of Sauced on Beer, Burn, Barbecue is brought to you by The Restory. For the past few weeks, Alex and I have been working with Davin Shaw, a true Kentucky colonel, and his company, The Restory, to create the perfect accent piece for our man caves. Alex and I have been looking at what we could do to take our passion and love for whiskey and to transform it into some home decor, and Davin was able to take that love and make these amazing lamps. The Restory is a family-owned company that takes old whiskey bottles and transforms them into amazing decor pieces that even your wife will let you have around the house. Right now, Davin and his team are working on some new products, like their Half Moon Barrel Illuminations, which is a great bar topper, floating shelf, or office bar, if you can get away with that. So I encourage you to go to www.therestory.com or check them out on Instagram at the underscore restillery. That's R-E-S-T-I-L-L-E-R-Y to check out their amazing products and see about getting a one-of-a-kind whiskey lamp just for you. Make sure you go check out the restillery and help support an amazing small business. Now let's get back to getting sauced. another question let's do it um our friend dave at still 630 shout out to them uh he asks what is your optimal smoking regimen for your meat so like the whole process yes i mean i feel like first of all dave like i know you have a writing degree i don't know exactly what writing degree you have i can't remember is there more than one i don't know i have a teaching degree (laughs) there's more than one teaching degree but Dave, your vocabulary is fantastic. Impeccable. It's impeccable. I feel like you swallowed a thesaurus. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very jealous. I've it into whiskey. I'm very jealous. Okay, but what? how do you go about smoking meat? So my process... Oh, and there's a follow-up too. Okay. Does it vary between meat to meat? Um, a little bit. Okay. I would agree with that. It varies slightly. So at a high level... Um, Get the meat and prep it. And so by prepping, trim off any fat or extra pieces or little scraggly pieces that are just going to burn. You don't want them to burn. So trim those off and dry rub. Even if it's just salt, just kind of get some prep flavor on there and let it sit. I think salt and pepper. Yeah, that's that's at, a at great a, base. At a very minimum. Yes, for sure. Um, then start the smoking. So get it in the smoke chamber. 
this is the big variance on the type of meat is just how long it's smoking by itself without any doing anything else to it. And that's usually more the size than anything else. Mm -hmm. I think also it depends on the meat type, what wood you're using as well. Yep. Um, it's a little lower level than the high level that I'm giving though. Okay. I'm just kidding. No, you're <laughs> right. The, the, the wood definitely does depend on, and it depends on what kind of smoke you're using because mm -hmm. you might be using pellets or, but I guess there's different kinds of pellets too. There are. Yeah. So type of wood, different flavors, different meats. Um, but time in the smoker will vary. Temperature doesn't really vary a lot, mostly just because my smoker is too hard to control the temperature on. So it's, I try and keep it around 250. And that's true of all of them because mm -hmm. I have no more control over it than that. Um, so after a certain amount of time, it'll be wrapped in some way, shape, or form. Unless Don't tinfoil it. I would, <sighs> I, I just, like if you're doing a pork butt or something like that, I just, tinfoiling it's going to turn into like a stew. Yeah. Meat is going to break Butcher it down too better. quick. Butcher paper is much better. Pink paper is the best. Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm doing ribs, I might, instead of wrapping them, I might hit them with a thin layer of sauce instead. Give that a chance to caramelize. So I've been going with the apple cider vinegar apple juice blend. As a... As, a, as it's going. Okay. To keep them moist. Okay. Um, rather than do the sauce. Just because I'm on this huge no sauce kick. Oh, I get it. For sure. But I, I mean the sauce more as a... Not to... I think those serve different purposes. For me, they serve different okay. purposes. Because I might do that also. Um, but then, so yeah, finish it, either wrapping it or saucing it, and then they all need to sit for at least 20 minutes, whatever it is. Once you get it off there, it's got to sit. It's always important to wrap your meat. Yes. <laughs> um, the only thing I would add is I like to, when I'm preparing um, and prepping my meat, bring it up, let it get up to room temperature before I put it out onto the grill um, or to the smoker, wherever I'm putting it, just because I feel like it's more ready to go. I don't like when it's still bitterly cold. Um, For sure. I feel like it takes longer. I feel like you get weird spots of like where part of the meat dethawed and part of it didn't, and it's just, it's, it's kind of weird. Obviously, don't put frozen meat on oh, yeah. Your don't waste smoker. your time. Yeah, don't you'll, waste your time. You'll waste but, a lot of wood. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would agree 100% with what you said. Um, I think it does vary meat to meat certain times. Um, obviously, like if you're doing a pork loin, you might prepare that differently than a slab of ribs or a pork butt or, you know, um, chicken, you know, a full right. chicken or a full turkey. Um, Sorry, you use different rubs. Like yeah. I'll use more seasoning on a white meat versus a dark meat. Um, I like to finish my chicken or turkey. When I wrap it, I like to put butter on it. Mm -hmm. I don't do that with dark meats. Just depends. I like lighter seasonings with my poultry. More citrusy, springy, very refreshing. Herby. Yes. Mm. Um, with poultry and turkey and I guess is poultry turkey? Turkey is poultry. Yes. But not all poultry is turkey. Correct. Um... And then with my, my porks and all that, I want more of a savory. I want something that really kind of kicks that pork's ass 
Like it, it, it really. It's a pork butt, Kevin. Yes, it really gets in there and makes it delicious. Uh, that savoriness, whether it's a little bit of sweetness or a little bit of heat. I've been really mm. on this pork. Give it that nice, you know, little extra spice. Um, like a cayenne pepper. Yes, cayenne paprika. Um, Cinnamon. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. No? I no. haven't done it, but yeah, it would work. I'm just throwing stuff out there. You are. That's a good question. Yeah, it was really good. Um, and I think that kind of, we can talk about uh, the whiskey traveler, Chad. Uh, he asked, what is your favorite bourbon and beer pairing with red meat? I mean. I'm assuming that's not beer and bourbon together. Correct. Right? I would assume they're different. Um with red meat. So we talked about bourbon and meat pairing before where I'll just default to that answer for that question. But a beer and meat pairing with red meat specifically, I would not want a heavy beer. I was thinking the exact opposite. I want a heavy beer. I want a stout, a porter. Really? Yeah. I don't want something light. I want something full, rich. Maybe that's just because I'm on a stout porter kick right now. Mm, I love a good stout and porter. I, I said that like you were wrong. I, I didn't mean that everyone's different, but I, I just thought it was interesting, just that we were a big opposite on that. The reason I would want something lighter is because when I when I eat so red meat, I'm I'm thinking steak. When I eat a good juicy steak, steak yeah, I don't I don't want to really taste anything else. I want to taste every last bit of that steak, so I don't want what I'm drinking to get in the way of that. And I feel like something heavy like a stout or a porter would distract me from it. I just I just love my red meat. So I, I would probably say something like a Pilsner or a lager. I mean, I said Pilsner. I would not agree with that. Maybe an ale. Mm. Maybe an ale. A mead. I've never had mead. A cider. No. I'm just throwing out things. <laughs> I feel like you're just saying all the beer types so you can cover your ass. I'm not. I will, I will say, <clears throat> in, in an attempt to not cover my ass, I will go with a Pilsner with my red meat. And, yeah. How you doing on your whiskeys over there? Well, I think I need to go back through the last final bits to make a final call on this. I think I know what I'm going to say. And we've got two more questions, so... Go back through, try them. I want you to come up with your final answer. We'll do our final two questions, and then you can give us your, what you think. Deal. Cool. All right, so go back through. This is your, what you think is what. So this is the first sample, the yellow one. What I initially thought was regular Woodford. I think I'm still there. You think that's still regular Woodford? Am I giving my final answer no. now? No, you okay. can change. Okay. I mean, make up the rules as you go. Okay. Um, man, this is tough. It's more tough IDing the double oaked versus the double double oaked. Um, were we going to do the last two questions first and then? Yeah, we'll do the last two questions first. Okay, Has let's... anything changed? Do you? I know you were, you're pretty dead set on which one you think is Woodford. Right. But the double double and the double oak. That's a tongue twister to say. Anything, double, double. anything standing out to you? 
I'm smelling more out of the big ling here than I was the first time. Okay. Which who knows why? Science. Nerds. <laughs> we need a nerd in here to explain this to me. I can just look it up and I can be that nerd. Man, I love these tiny glasses. It's so nice because you can have a pour, but I don't feel like you're pouring too much, which right. means you can go get something else after you finish. Which is what bourbon drinking is all about. I think I'm good. I have a question or two. Okay. But let's go over the other questions first. So this question is from Lucas Ellers. Hi, Lucas. Hi, Lucas. Lucas Sellers. Um, you get one final bottle of bourbon. Do you want to spread it out or drink it fast? It's your last bottle. What is that one bottle? This is a tough one. I texted him when he sent us this question, and he said, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) So there's two parts to this. Yes. Which is, what is it? And then, how quickly do you drink it? And I guess my question is, too, can it be any bottle? Did he not say bourbon? I mean, he says bourbon, but can it be any bourbon bottle? Like, do I have to have it on my shelf now, or? I would assume any, because for me, then that would just be... That, and I don't want it to just be that. What is that? Um, High West Whiskey, their American Prairie Bourbon. Not that I don't like it. I think that's a great bottle, especially for the price range. But I don't think that would be my final bourbon. Final bourbon. I've always said my favorite is Eagle Rare. And I will still say that my favorite is Eagle Rare. Just regular Eagle Rare? So I guess if... If I can pick any bottle, and I'm going to go with one that I've had because then I'll know that I and like it. It's our show, so we can make up the rules. Right. And so I'm going to say, obviously, Eagle Rare 17 because what a much nicer bottle mm-hmm. um, to have as my last one. Now, I think that I would go and drink it quickly. I'm, I wouldn't do it. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get weirdly specific with this. That's all right. I, you, do, you do you. I would spread it out until I got to the last three to four pours. And then I would do the last three to four pours in one night. So the exact opposite of what you did with your Blantons. Yes. Where we had a bunch of it to start with. And now I've been saving the last pour for like a year. I haven't had it. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I would want it to last. But then as I got closer to the end, I wouldn't want to tease myself with just having a little bit here and there, hoping there'd be more because there wouldn't be more. Right. So once it was time to be done, I would want to go out with a bang. Okay. I think for me, I would want my last bottle to be the very first bottle of Henry McKenna we ever had. On bourbon pie night. For nostalgia? Yes. Like, that was the bottle that was like, holy crap, bourbon is delicious. That was, wasn't it? Like, it would have to be from that barrel. Mm-hmm. It would have to be that exact same bottle, if it was my last one. Like, if I could make it any bottle I wanted, I think that's what it would be. What a nice answer. Um, now I want to see if we can find that barrel. No, we probably can't. <sighs> Um, I would say for, see, I don't like killing bottles. 
<laughs> no, you don't. I don't. Like, I have a ton of open bottles on my shelves because I want to be able to go back and try them and enjoy them and think back to the last time I had them. What, what did we do? Why did I buy this bottle? So I think I would savor it. I think I would milk it as long as I could. Um, and then I think once I got down to the last pour, I don't know if I'd ever drink it. Like, I would want to just save it for something. I don't know what. I'll come and drink it. I would be pissed off as hell. <laughs> no. It'd be our last bottle. It'd be worth it. Lucas, you were right. That was a very difficult question. Such an emotional answer to you. Um, I saved our best questioner for last, in my completely biased opinion. My wife. Uh, she said, well, she sent two questions. Her first question is, can you spend less money on bourbon and more money on Starbucks for me? Easy, no. No. You have your own money. <laughs> Buy your own damn Starbucks. <laughs> I love you. Please don't make me sleep on the couch. Tonight I'll be a bourbon and barbecue. We talk about finance and marriage. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but her real question was, if you could only spend $30... On bourbon every time. Actually, if you could only spend under $30 on bourbon every time, what would you buy? Can I go with 30 and under? That's or, what the question was. Well, you literally just said under 30. It's 30 and under. Okay. Again, we make the rules up as we go. Does it have to be the same one every time? No. I was not paying attention. I'm sorry. No, it just has to be under $30. Under $30. So what's my favorite under 30 I know what mine is. Then say it. Heaven Hill Bottle and Bond six year. That's what I would get. It's That's under thirty one. bucks. It's not. I mean, it's discontinued, so now its price is way over thirty bucks. But when it was being made, I would say that, or I would say Four Roses Small Batch. That's really good. That's a good one. Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace is great. I was thinking about saying Buffalo Trace, but for whatever reason, Old Granddad keeps popping into my head. 114? Not or 114. Bottle and Bond. Bottle and Bond. Okay. Um, it's been a while since we had it. Right. Since I had it. I don't know when you had it last. But I want to say it was like 17 bucks. Mm -hmm. And I remember it having a really deep, complex flavor. Um, for that price range. And it might have just been what we were drinking at the time. Because mm -hmm. I, I think back to some of the stuff that I really enjoyed and thought was just really good. Um, and drinking some of that stuff now, it's like, oh, it, it's, it's fine. But my palate's developed more. I can taste things better. I can smell things better. And it's, it's just not as, as good as I thought it was. Or just my opinions change. So I don't know if that would be the same for old granddad, but um, definitely Buffalo Trace. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Four Roses small batch is always good. Um, I've got one I think you would add. Makers. Is I'm it not weeded? sure if I would. I mean, it's less than 30 bucks. You can buy it if you want. It is good for less than 30 bucks. I would get that one... For cocktails, for sure. That'd be my go-to for under 30 bucks. Not for drinking neat. 
Mm-hmm. I'd rather have Buffalo Trace. I'm just still going to keep Old Granddad on there. I think the other one that's a very dark horse that I would like to put on there is Evan Williams' Bottle and Bond. Because I think it's really good. I mean, we haven't had it in so long. It's been but a really long time. It's a solid bottle and bond for thirteen dollars, fourteen yeah, bucks. That's true. You can get two of them for under thirty. Wow, that does move it up higher on the list. It does. So you've gone through now. You've right, tried all to, your bourbons. I need to try the last few. I'm. I'm. So you're set on yellow taped Glencairn. Let me try as, the other two first. Ninety nine percent. That's what I'm going to so say. So you're Germex? I reserve, yes. I reserve the right, as Germex does, to be wrong okay. and to change my answer. Um, so let me try the second sample again. Let me smell them both. This one's still really sweet, like really deep sweet. And Anna just walked in. No helping him. He's got to do it on his own. He's a big boy. But so is this one. See, I'm getting a lot more um, aroma off the nose of the third one now than I was the first time. So are you set on the yellow one being regular Woodford? Yes. Compared to just after smelling those two, there's no way that first one is a double oaked. I just won't believe it even if you tell me that. Okay. Um, Every time I go back and smell them both, like I'm not getting a big difference between the two and again how much of the difference can i attribute to the glass being different so let me tell you this okay double double oaked is produced by finishing woodford reserve double oaked for an additional year an additional year mm-hmm. so double oaked is woodford reserve put into a new barrel mm-hmm. for how long no idea but however long double double oaked is another year so Woodford Double Oaked is produced by rebarreling Woodford Reserve Distiller Select in a second virgin charred oak barrel for a little under a year. Okay. That's from Breaking Bourbon. Gotcha. So it would stand a reason like I had been reasoning that it's double double oaked is going to be deeper and richer mm-hmm. in theory mm-hmm. than double oaked. I can't get enough of a difference on the nose. All right, let me try it. And please, take your time. So the biggest thing I can distinguish between the two is that the third sample feels hotter than the second one. And all I can really say is that that means to me that it is probably younger. So I'm going to say that the third sample in the Big Lincoln is double oaked, and the second sample, the non-labeled small Glen Karen, is double double oaked. You know, it would be a whole lot easier if I would just label them A, B, and C. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm sure that was super confusing to everybody listening. So to start off with, you tried the Heaven Hill with yellow tape first. You think that's wood for preserve? Yes. You think Big Glen Karen is double oaked? Yes. And you think small Heaven Hill Glencairn is double double oaked? Yes. Are you ready for the answer? Yes. You are correct. Yes. You were right. Anna was right. Yes. So what do you think? Did you <laughs> like it? I thought it was great. Would you pay fifty dollars for the double double oaked for a three hundred and fifty milliliter? 
250 so milliliter? Yes. Ugh. For a full bottle, easy. Yes. Mm -hmm. 350 milliliter? Well, that'd be 100 no. bucks. No. Huh? That'd be 100 bucks for a full bottle. No. I think I would do it just to have it. If one day I was filling up a shelf to have it, yes. Where I'm sitting today, no. 60, maybe even up to 70. I'd still consider it. I mean, you can get double oaked for 50 bucks. I found it for 35. Yeah, I mean, we used to all find it here in St. Louis for 35 at Target. I mean, yeah. it was a steal. It was a steal. And then they finally figured out that we were stealing from them, <sighs> and they raised the price of it. Damn it. Um, but yeah, I think the double oaked is just as good as the double oaked, double double oaked. I think the double double oaked goes, and it's such a tongue twister. <laughs> Goes one step farther. Yes. And it adds another step of complexity and richness. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be sad when this sample's gone. Yeah. It will be gone literally probably in the next 10 minutes. <laughs> now, that was very good. Good. I I'm wish glad we you could it. remember who sent it to you. I, and I apologize. To you that. know who you are. You've Let warm, us know. So you've we warmed can our hearts. So, Alex, well, how can people find you on the interwebs? Um, I'm on the interwebs right now, just on Instagram, still at the.alex.experiment. And you can find me, Kevin, at beer underscore bourbon underscore barbecue. Uh, make sure you check out our website, www.shopbeerbourbonbarbecue.com. Lots of amazing t-shirts. We're getting closer to Father's Day. Um, like I said last episode, still close to Mother's Day. Those moms might want a beer, bourbon, barbecue t-shirt. Um, but that's how we you can help support our podcast. Um, and Alex, thanks for hanging out and doing Q&A with me. Yeah, thanks for letting me try these samples. If you have questions for us, make sure you drop us a line. Uh, you can shoot us a message. Sounds like they're sending us a telegram. Yes, send us a telegram. Please send us a telegram. Western Union. <laughs> Dear sir. <laughs> um, but... We thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends. Make sure you give us a five-star rating. We would greatly appreciate that. And until next time, we hope you stay sauced on beer, bourbon, and barbecue.